0: Welcome to Simply Financial
1: with Paul Durso, your GPS to retirement.
0: This wasn't a single bill that went through the House and the Senate. This was tucked in. They, this was written last summer in 2019 and was just tucked into a bill in December. And it, and it just passed almost unanimously across both party lines.
1: Now, your host, Paul Durso. Well,
0: welcome to the show. I'm Paul Durso, and I'm sitting right next to the legend Wait for it. Not so dairy because he's lactose intolerant. Well, Charlie, I, I just said that. It's ah. not really true. I had
1: a big glass of milk on the way over here today, so it's sure. okay. I just thought that
0: was funny. <laughs> All right, so we got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be talking about the SECURE Act. And unfortunately, we're going to have to break this into two shows because we just have too much to go over. So today's show, we're going to be talking a lot about the nuts and bolts of the SECURE Act. And then the next show right after this, we're going to be talking about the things that you need to be aware of, and the things that you can strategize to potentially help you deal with the Secure Act.
1: But before we get started, let me tell you a little story that happened just recently. Uh, my daughter is getting ready to celebrate her 26th birthday, so woo, woo. as part Make of you the celebrate, shut up. <laughs> as part of the celebration, we decided to see how everyone handles a stressful situation. You know, you always wonder how do people behave under stress. Well, we opted to go to an escape room. Ooh. So I've got Jordan and her husband, Chuck and his girlfriend, a couple of other friends and Lori. And so we get locked in the room. And it's just amazing to see how people handle the stress, especially when the little clock is ticking.
0: Now, wait, wait. Can you tell me the what was the room about? What was the theme?
1: There was a bomb in the city, and we had to identify what it looked like and then disable it. Fun. It was. It For, was in good. an hour. In an hour. And if you didn't disable it, you blew up. More or less. Yeah, yeah. But fortunately, we didn't have to experience that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get out? We did get out. <laughs> you did. did? But it was funny. You know, everybody's trying to work on something. And my son, who's the uh, considerably ADD, he's climbing up on a piece of furniture <laughs> trying to just assemble a CD player or a a, router up top, and the guy finally comes, oh, get off of that. There's nothing going on over there. (laughs) You know, just people have their own ideas when they get in there. But I am happy to say that (laughs) no one was injured during this time together. Everyone seemed to handle it all right, and we did save the world from Dr. Destruction. Did you? We did it. How many clues did you have to ask for? 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah, we did pretty good. Did you ask for clues? Mm -hmm. Not one? Well, there was one where you had... Nine pieces of fabric, and you put it on the wall, and you identified certain numbers to be yeah. the key. Well, some, and, and when you found one, you discarded it; you only use it once. Well, someone threw one of them away prematurely, apparently. So, rather than going through and trying to recreate the whole thing, we just said, "All right, which one did, when we, did miss? we miss?" Yeah,
0: that's funny because when we did ours here, did we get out? We did. We, we did got out with minutes, minutes to go. Yep. Yeah. But we asked. For, like, <laughs> oh, we had all. We needed a lot of help. That, <laughs> that was, was a that hard was a room.
1: One. I think that was tougher than what we did. Yep. Oh, that forty
0: minutes. That had to be pretty easy. That was pretty good. All right. Well, speaking of forty minutes, we got to jump into our show. Mm. So we're again, we're going to be talking about the Secure Act. So this Secure Act is is big news, and um, it's something that's pretty much uh, over all outlets. Um, in in recent weeks, there is obviously a lot of political. Um, Drama that's happening on the, in the media. So outside of that, um, it's tucked in. It's probably the next big thing besides political news um, that you might hear outside. But w- first of all, we kind of want to identify what is the Secure Act. So w- what is it about that that you need to be aware of in your situation? So we're going to specifically talk about the retirement aspect, the
1: IRA. Yeah, aspect. there's a lot of other little. Nuances. Other nuances and details, but the one that I think is going to impact our uh, listening audience the most is the the new IRA rules.
0: Yes. And so, what's the big one? Um, well, let's talk about the, the easier ones first.
1: So, there's a lot of different nuances to this, but the the rules change that are probably most important for our listening audience are going to have to do with the IRA rules. And one that comes to mind is. Uh, at what age do you take your required minimum, minimum distribution? distribution. Yep. And they have actually raised that age from 70 and a half to what? 72, 72. right? And, and why do you think they did that?
0: Well, like, I don't know why it was so confusing to begin with. Like, why was 79? the originally, the original rule was the year following your 70 and a half birthday. Yeah. What, what does that even mean? and technically if you waited to the year following your 70th birthday you had to take two distributions mm-hmm. cuz you had to take one at 71 so they've scratched the the that off the page and now it just it's 72 when you turn 72 you get to turn you get to take your RMD so a few things about this if you just turned 70 and a half last year so 2019 you still have to take your minimum required distributions. Your RMDs right now, you don't get to wait until you're 72 because the clock was already ticking. Mm -hmm. You already were taking your RMDs, so you are still grandfathered in, unfortunately. If you are currently, as of 2020, not 70 and a half, so you turn 70 and a half this year, guess what? You get to take your RMDs at 72. 72. So anybody who is not already currently 70 and a half as of 2020, you are pushed forward to the new rule to take your RMDs at 72. Anybody that qualified before, which means you're already taking Social Security or you turned 70 and a half in 2019 or previous, you have to continue taking your RMDs. No rules have changed. Now, the RMD table has not changed to my knowledge. It's still the same math. Everything's the exact same. They have not changed how much more Didn't or less. they adjusted it anyway. Yeah, not, no. not that I'm aware of. Um, but the ages have changed, and I feel like it's gotten more simple.
1: I, I hope so. Anytime the government's involved, it's not necessarily simple. Yeah, that's true. But, but I, I guess they're thinking, all right, people are living longer. Let them defer paying taxes just a little bit longer. So they, they bumped it uh, to 72. But maybe that's a plus, and maybe there's minuses. Uh, associated with this as well. And that has to do with beneficiaries on inherited IRAs, right?
0: This is a big
1: one. So this is the one that's caused the most panic, rightfully so.
0: Um, we, I'm not going to tell you right out of the gate if this is going to be super detrimental or because we're going to get there, but this is a big deal. So in 2019 or previous, if you've had any type of qualified money and qualified money is IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, anything that you had for quote unquote retirement. When you passed on, your wife was able to take that money and commingle it, join it with her own IRA, which means now it's part of hers. So if you had $500,000 IRA, she had a $500,000 IRA. And one of you passed, you now have a million dollar IRA in your name. The second time or the second death. So the second spouse has now passed on she was able or he was able to take that IRA and then transfer it to her kids through beneficiaries. And they would be able to take that IRA and stretch it over their lifetime. It was right. a lifetime stretch. Actually, it would happen for up to five. No, just just one. Just that's
1: it. Yeah. It, based on the original beneficiary, the spouse doesn't count as the original beneficiary. It's the second to die whoever inherits it, it becomes the original beneficiary, and that's whose lifetime it used to be you could stretch it on. Just one. Oh, I Just, thought it yeah. was up to five. I don't yeah. know where I, my mind was. Things change over the years. You yeah. Know, it could have been.
0: At some point it was five, and then they changed it back to one. Yep. So the life, it was called the lifetime stretch. So when the second beneficiary inherited it, or the the primary non-spouse beneficiary inherited that money, they could stretch that over their lifetime on a an inherited table. You give it
1: to your grandkids? They're five years old? Then- you're going to stretch it the entire length of their life. So that says, all right, I only have to take out a little bit every year for 70, 80 years, whatever it happens to be. But that's changed now.
0: And, and that was pretty beneficial because they didn't have to, like, cash in the IRA overnight.
1: Right. And it but could continue to grow. so you know, Absolutely. That, Over right.
0: their entire lifetime. Exactly. Well, now, as of 2020, that has all changed. So now with the SECURE Act, now what happens is you have this stretch provision that doesn't happen over a lifetime. It happens over a 10-year period of time. And this is for the non-spouse beneficiary. So if you are married and you have um, one, one spouse predeceases the other, you have lifetime. You just take that money, commingle it with yours. Nothing's changed. This does not hurt you financially at all. Once the both of you pass, or if you're a single parent, or you, you, you give this money yep. to somebody, that's you're, it doesn't have to be a child. They have, the clock starts at the day of death, and they have up to 10 years to now completely cash out mm-hmm. that IRA. And that is that is a massive change.
1: That can be huge, especially if someone lets that 10-year time window sneak up on them.
0: Now, before we get into... You know, what does that mean financially? Is it good or is it bad? Why do you
1: think this passed now? I think it has to do with the government. They have something up be in their bonnet that you're always a little bit suspicious when they pass new legislation that doesn't necessarily make sense on the surface. Mm-hmm. But And uh, this was
0: a bipartisan. There was only, I think, three people that did not vote for this. Really? And this did get tucked into
1: the budget. Well, that's how most good legislation yeah. that arrives. So this, wasn't, away. this
0: wasn't a single bill that went through the House and the Senate. This was tucked in. They, this was written last summer in 2019 and was just tucked into a mm. bill in December. And it, and it just passed almost unanimously across both party lines.
1: No big deal. But it looks like if they're uh, reducing it to a 10-year window instead of 40 or 50 years, maybe Uncle Sam wants some taxes.
0: Well, it has to go back to that, you know when I'm thinking about the rationale behind why the government passed this, I, I just have to think about our deficit. I have to okay. think about raising capital um, everything that I'm reading saying in the next ten years, this is going to be sixteen billion of of raised dollars oh, is that right yeah um, which is pretty pretty significant in in tax capital, and that's just the first ten years, and that's mm. at the lowest bracket we've ever seen in our lifetime so as Tax rates go up, which, if you're listening to this, mark my words. At some point in American history, taxes are going to go up. Chances probably sooner are, than there, yeah. So the reality is, as at the low rate, if taxes go back in 2025 to where they were, if not sooner, that 16 billion is going to go way higher than that, and that's yeah. newfound tax capital for Uncle Sam as a result of this Secure Act. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Huge deal. All right. So does this hurt you? So the next question we're going to we're going to go over. So for you and your spouse, the ones that are listening to this show, not your kids, not the ones that are going to benefit from inheriting money when you pass on, does it hurt
1: you? It really doesn't change anything other than moving the RMD age to 72. So I don't see it necessarily hurting spouses No, passing back and forth an IRA.
0: No, the, the rules are, are pretty much the exact same. There are some which we're not going to take the time to go into this in this show, some other aspects of the SECURE Act revolved around 401ks and things like that. But we're going to talk a little bit about that the next show and things that you need to be aware of and how some things have changed um, as far as 401ks and what they're going to add in with, with annuities and things like that. So we're going to be talking about some things you need to be aware of mm-hmm. and on part two of this. But Just today, we're going to be in this this show. We're going to be focusing more about you and the IRA secure and RMDs. So, just as we've stated, don't you don't need to panic at all. There's a bunch of solutions that we're going to go over later. Um, But just so you understand, nothing's really changed. It's other than the fact that you now have to be proactive, and you have to maintain and and ensure that your kids, your beneficiaries of your IRA, have a ten year plan now which yep. we're going to talk about in a little bit.
1: Yep. Or, or you may have parents that are still living with an IRA. You now have a 10-year window, you know, when sad day happens that they pass. That's so it's true. Something I guess that's about. a
0: different narrative. So yeah. now it doesn't affect your estate, but when you inherit mom and dad's estate, so now you might have to have a tough conversation with mom and dad and say, hey, have you done any plan? Do you have any IRAs? Wait, yeah. you have an IRA. So you understand the rules. You might not need them to have a plan, but their estate documents might actually prohibit you from taking that 10-year action because who knows what mom and dad have to set up, right?
1: And I, I think that's really the, one of the, the things that should concern people the most is what's in estate documents, what's in the trust language that uh, this may impact.
0: So let's just say you had a younger child. You're listening to the show and you're 30 years old, 20 years old. And uh, mom and dad have a large IRA balance and crazier things have happened. Something bad happens and they pass on. And you are now sitting on mom and dad's estate and of which there's a large IRA 401k balance that gets put in your name, but the trust will not let you take full control of that money until you're 60, but you're 20. And the lion's share of that trust is IRA. IRA. Plain devil's advocate here. Oh, yeah. It, what now happens now, to the 10-year rule when the trust says one thing? You know what's going to happen? It's going to have to convert over in the trust. It, the money's still going to be held in trust, but it's going to be stripped of its IRA, and the trust's going to have to pay out those taxes.
1: And taxes on a trust are way are higher. Way, way higher. There. Yep. 50%. So that's... Uh, Ooh, that that could be get tricky. ugly. That can be tricky.
0: So th- those are big. So even though we're just kind of brushing over that, um, and I, and I kind of blatantly said it doesn't affect you. And Charlie brought up an awesome point that it could, if it, if you're inheriting those monies, yeah. yes, that's a, that's a big deal. And you might want to have a conversation now. And the crazy thing is the government's forcing this narrative conversation. They're yeah. saying, Hey, well, the rules have changed. Now you've got to change. Now you fix it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you fix it.
0: All right. We need to, we need to pause for a minute. We've been going pretty heavy here for a little while. Let's pause and play a game.
1: Oh, you want to play a game? I want to uh, play a game. You don't want to talk taxes. I don't and, and want to talk secure anymore. Anyway. I need to a break. To okay, My brain's starting well, to hurt. Do, do we have the wheel? Oh, yes, we do. Kimberly didn't put the wheel out on the table. No,
0: we got to right, go get no, it. No, here we go. All right, let's, let's spin this wheel. So the way this works, we're going to spin a wheel. There's about 10. No, not about. There are exactly 10 games on this wheel. Just, I don't think I've ever shared what all the games are. Here's the rundown. We got One's Gotta Go, Hot Seats, Superlatives, Pop Quiz, Insight, News highlights. What would Bernie do? The rest of the story. Ah, one more thing. Toaster roast, buy or sell. So we're going to spin this wheel, and wherever it stops, we are going to play
1: that game. Let's do it. Oh, oh, oh. Superlatives. Superlatives. So how do we play this game? Well, superlatives is what's the most, what's the worst, what's the best. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's going to be this. What is the most memorable youth sports event happened to you or or occurrence? Most memorable? Like my favorite memory? memory? Well, it could be that you fell down and broke both legs. So, No, it doesn't have to be your favorite. Just something that really you've remembered all these years to this advanced age that you've achieved.
0: Advanced age. Yes. Who's the one with the 26-year-old daughter? What was that? I can't remember who, who was. We were talking about him earlier. Who was it? That? That's twice as old as my oldest. Just saying. All right. So back to the superlative yeah. games. You got something. I do. All right. So when I was in college, I had just met my wife. Let's see. This was the first semester after I met my wife. I met my wife eight days before a semester ended and then this, we had split for the summer. Um, we didn't. We saw each other, I think, a, f- a few days during that summer because we lived like a thousand miles apart, literally. And, uh, and then we came back together of the, the first semesters. So this was maybe three weeks into uh, the next semester. Sorry, not the first, the next semester. So I'd barely known my wife. We were uh, just dating at that mm. time, and um, I was playing intermule intermule in indoor soccer. And, um, I, I was on the team with a bunch of my roommates or one of my roommates, a bunch of friends. And, um, there was, it was a pact. It was the, the championship game or the game before the championship game. And, um, there was a, I, I played, I actually was recruited, played at school, ended up uh, walking away from the team. And then I just played intramurals. And in this particular event, somebody had kicked a ball off the wall, they shot, shot on goal, bounced off. The side of the wall <clears throat> comes right back over the goal, and I was standing right in the middle of the floor. But the ball was like way above my head, and um, and I did what's called a scissor kick, or I, I basically did a complete flip in the air, kicked this ball. Um, I the goalie just barely moved, and right in the net, the whole uh, like stadium or not really stadium, but this what this place where we were playing just erupted. But I blacked out. <laughs> I hit my head. I did a complete flip, landed on my, well, not, I kind of, my feet went over my head. My head went down into the ground. I hit my face. I, uh, the last thing I remember is everybody cheering. And then I, I went black and then my roommate comes over me. And this is before medical panic set in, you know, today when somebody's on the ground, you don't touch them. Well, he comes over and he's slapping me in the cheek. And I wake up and my roommate slapping me cheek. And uh, he was like, that was awesome. He's like, that was the best goal I've ever seen. I'm so glad you're my roommate. (laughs) And I, and I'm looking up and I'm like, I didn't even like, I blacked out and I have no remembrance. And at that second, I remember blacking out. I don't remember seeing it go in, but there was video with somebody had a video of it. And then I remember coming to looking up and seeing my my girlfriend now wife, now wife uh, over in the corner uh, is that what? And she was her? in the corner and she didn't even know she doesn't care about sports she didn't even know it was like one of those very difficult things to do that's probably the most difficult shot in soccer and um and I just remember looking over there thinking wow later I come to find out she didn't even see it <laughs> but but I thought in that moment that was pretty special as you know for what I had done my roommate the whole crowd. It was pretty cool, although I didn't get to experience everything because I blacked out. But that was probably one of my most fond memories, looking back, because of the humor of what yeah, had happened. That's good for me.
1: That's good. Mine goes all the way back to fourteen. I did not know my now wife at that time. Fourteen. Fourteen. I had made the Pony League All Stars. Woo! Team. This Pony was big, League. Pony League, baby. And what sport? Baseball. 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 I love baseball. Grow up playing baseball. But unfortunately, my friend's dad was the uh, coach, and I don't know if he had it in for me or that's just my 14-year-old memory of the thing. But I didn't play too much. And then one game, I got to go in, probably fourth or fifth inning. Fat pitch right down the middle. I hit it. It was still rising, I'm sure, when it hit the telephone pole over the fence. A home run. Woo. That was when my fir- fourteen. That's my first and only home run <laughs> I had ever hit, <laughs> and I didn't even get to go out and play the field. He took me out right after that. Can you believe? Wait, wait, what? What, yeah. what inning? Fourth or fifth? There was still plenty of game to go. I thought I was going to get to play some, and I hit my one and only home run. Even the parents from the other team were coming over and sticking their head in the day. Oh, great hit, man! Thanks. You know, I'm sitting on the bench again. Juggling baseball. Um, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, and that's your fondest memory? I didn't say fondest, right. but I remember oh. <laughs> it. I don't think I'm not bitter to this day. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> just 46 years later to the day.
0: No, wait. Actually, I got. I know I already went, but very quick. You just reminded me. The very first home run I ever hit, Um, I was never a power hitter. I was always a... Uh, of a, a base hitter, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I was always fast. So even if it was a bunt or something, I could always get to first base and I've never hit a home run. I played baseball and softball forever. And this one particular game, um, they gave me a double walled metal oh, bat. bat. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, don't swing hard. He's like, let the bat do the work. He's like, just swing level. And I was like, really? He's like, don't. So I go up there and I make contact and I didn't swing hard. And I, but it was a different bat. bat. It was a toothpick, it felt like. Yeah, yeah. And I threw this thing out there and it hits. Well, I go tearing around the bases because that's all I know is just run as fast as you can because I'm never going to hit a home run. So I'm, I'm running, I'm rounding second, I'm halfway to third. And I see my team going, slow down, slow down. And I'm like, why? You know? And they're like, it hasn't landed yet. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I crushed it. I, there was one of those fields that were back to back where you had the baseball bat or the baseball field. Yep. And then way out in the outfield, there was a, the second field mm-hmm. and I hit it over the, the, the backdrop that was like two and a half stories high, you know, of the other it, literally I hit it into that outfield. I mean, it was a, I crushed it and they were joking. Obviously had it already landed. Yep. But that was a we don't even know how far it was. But then I I was
1: almost to you didn't third. even get to enjoy a no. home run trot. No,
0: nope. oh. there was no trot. Oh. I sprinted <laughs> around that thing. I, w- I finally slowed down when I hit third base, and I had you know just that little bit of yeah. ninety feet or whatever it is to to enjoy my home run. I was still in shock. I was like, I it really I I hit a home run. I think that was my only home run too. I was yeah. yeah I bet you
1: didn't get pulled out of the game. No, I'm not bitter. I don't know actually.
0: No, I was Outfield. Oh, all right. All right. all right. So back to, wow, that was a really long game. Sorry about that. So I didn't mean to, to share two stories, but all right. So we're going to get right back into the Secure Act. And today, again, we're just focusing on the aspects of Secure Act that you need um, to understand. Next show, we're going to go into the strategies and things that you need to be aware of. So the last question we just answered was, does it affect you or your spouse? The answer is really no.
1: Well, we well, are saying it could. This is going to be If a, you inherit
0: money yeah, yeah, from from your parents or something like that, you you might want to have a tough
1: conversation about their planning for you. And well, if you have a trust that impacts you in that it could impact your your beneficiaries your kids. Well, we're going to about that. So, yeah, we're going to talk about so that next it, show. It, it
0: the the next thing we want to talk about does does your estate or this Secure Act affect your beneficiaries? And the answer to that is a resounding, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, well, ah, it depends too. Because I was having a conversation with a client just last week, and they're like, you know what? We're going to make it real easy. We're just going to spend all of our IRA.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that sounds like uh, the retirement right there, Paul.
0: Yeah. If there's
1: anything left when I'm gone, I overlooked I've it. I've overlooked it.
0: So there, there is a solution, not to get ahead of the game, but there is a solution <laughs> to fix this whole thing. to spend your spend IRA. <laughs> don't, don't even worry about it. But if you don't spend your IRA... There's definitely going to be a scenario that you've got to plan around for your beneficiaries or at least force the narrative. We're not going to talk a ton about that right now, but because of the Secure Act, there's 10 years. So if they don't plan and you didn't put any provisions in a trust or or in front of them that says, hey, you have this 10 year and they're financial advisors or they just take it over and manage it themselves and they don't, they ignore it. Mm-hmm. Come that 10th year, or Day one of the 11th, the IRS is going to send them a letter saying, hey, all of this is no longer IRA. And they have to take all of that money and put it on their income for that year and pay tax on
1: all of it. Ordinary
0: income. So if there's a million dollars in IRA and they don't pay attention, they will have a million plus their income of plus their ordinary income that year. How much tax are they going to pay then? Are they going to pay? That's going to be huge.
1: Jump you into the top tax bracket very easily. Oh,
0: and where would the tax bracket be at that point? That's a good question. Because right now we're at 37% max, which the lion's share of that would hit. They lose 37% of their IRA because of poor planning. So there is reason for some strategy here. There is reason to have some conversation to do that. So let's talk about, and we're going to end the show on this. Let's talk about how bad the tax consequence is going to be for the stretch. So under the old law, you had your entire life to stretch the IRA, which let's just say if you inherit it at 60 years old, mom and dad are much older, they pass on in their Mm. 70s or 80s, you're in your 50s or 60s, we're going to put a cool 30 years or so that you would stretch that out. So you would take the IRA balance, and then there's this calculation that's going to, depending on your age, start in the 3% range. And then by the time you're in your 80s or 90s, it's going to stretch out 6 7% or something like right. that. I don't even know Who if it goes that what high. what it is, yeah. Yeah, based on the table. Yep. So you're going to be paying tax on your inherited IRA for 30 years versus the new law, which is paying all the tax on that IRA in 10 years, in 10 years. or less. Yeah. So you have 10 years of max tax. You're going to pay all the tax, however you distribute it. If you don't do it at all for the first nine years, you pay all the tax in the 10th year, which would be the worst idea.
1: Do you know if you can do that? What? Just delay taking it because with inherited IRAs, you tend to have to take,
0: take it any, right away uh,
1: or, or RMD, the equivalent of RMD. I, I don't know how the, that tax laws work here. Well, I would, what do you mean? Do you have to take a certain percentage out in year one?
0: No, I just think it has to all come out. Just the way so I've it, read, it has to all come out by the 10th okay. year.
1: Okay, well, that, that's a time bomb for somebody. Sure, because
0: yeah. no reco- you don't have to take a 10th a year. Yeah. The, the, laws, the law is not that specific. And actually, the law would be too gracious if that was the case. Mm. Um, they just say it has to be liquidated within the 10-year time frame. So the, the delta is really the consequence here. So how bad is the tax over the last year's law taking it out over 30 years? And then the balance of the remainder would have to be cashed out at death to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So what would that tax be versus the 10 year tax? And guess what? It's probably not going to be as bad as you think. It sounds like this is going to be bad. And you know what? It's just going to force the action within 10 years as opposed to 30 plus years. Right. But the delta of what we're talking here, the real cost, I don't believe is going to be as catastrophic. It's just pushing the time frame.
1: Especially if tax rates go up considerably over that 30-year time frame as opposed to what it'll be in, in 10. Because uh, I think most everyone thinks taxes can and will go up over time. Mm-hmm. If you're still paying taxes on that money 30 years down the road, you know how much more, more. could you possibly be paying? Correct.
0: So... Um, and, and if you're curious as to what that Delta would be, we can help you figure it out. Um, that's not a very difficult calculation. There's going to be no finite conclusion to that because we don't know where tax rates are going to go. Right. But to set that up is very simple. And um, we're actually working on a model right now that we can just plug in the balance and it'll tell you to spit out the Delta for you. It's not a hard calculation. You just have to set it up properly. But at the end of the day, That's what we're really talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the, how do you plan around this secure act? It's understanding what that Delta is, how bad's the tax going to be. And I just don't think it's going to be as bad as people are thinking. But the one thing that we will talk about in the next show is the scare tactic of, hey, this is a big change. It's going to cost you a fortune. You need to do X. You need to do Y. And we're going to bring up some of that in the next show. But that just concludes this show and understanding really what the Secure Act is in regards to uh, retirement and the IRA changes for the RMD um, and for the stretch provision that just shortened it for 10 years. So hope you learned a little bit. Stay tuned because we've got part two of this show coming up next week.
1: Now for our Fast Talking Fine Print. The information presented is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax investment or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a SEC-registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is notice filed or is excluded or exempted from notice filing requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through Derso Capital Management Company. Insight Folios, Inc. and Derso Capital Management Company are affiliated companies and do not offer legal or tax advice. Paul Alderso and Charles B. Bowers Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios Inc.
0: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. (laughs)